Hello and welcome to day three of Wrestle Kingdom weekend. I am your host, Daniel. No Danny today. Danny is, it's Monday, so Danny is back at work. But New Year's Dash, New Year's Dash, it always wraps up the Wrestle Kingdom weekend and that's exactly what it's done. So today I went to work and then rushed back and watched New Year's Dash. Now the microphone's in and I'm ready to give you guys a quick podcast summing up the events of New Year's Dash 2020. Um, Obviously usually it's known in Japan as one of the hardest tickets in town to get because usually it's at um, Corican Hall but I think it was at a gymnasium I think it was today maybe. Um, But yeah it was I think I think four or five thousand people were at the event. It, it was, do you know what I mean? I think, although you, I do normally like to see it at Corican Hall. Um, obviously, if you can sell four or five thousand tickets, then you're gonna you're gonna have the event from there. Obviously, with the Liger retirement, I think they did want more people there able to see that. So the dust has settled really on everything from Wrestle Kingdom. We've looking back. I mean, I hope I hope you all enjoyed our reviews and recaps from the two nights. Um, we obviously, do you know what I mean? We've given up our time to giving you a detailed podcast pretty much straight after the show. So, for people who listen to it, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, this is basically just a New Year's Dash um, recap show. So, how great. Let's just start on what a positive. Now, I enjoyed the show overall, but this, the start to the show, as I'd spoke about on the other shows, we were meant to be going to Wrestle Kingdom this weekend. For whatever reason, we didn't. But. This moment at the start of the show, the Liger retirement segment was just, the ceremony, sorry, was just, it was unbelievable, it was on another level, it was it was everything why we love professional wrestling, it was just, it's, I'll, I'll recap exactly what happened, so it started off with a package of Liger's career, we saw like pictures from all these great matches, we even had a bit of Chris Benoit in there, this brought uh, Liger out after the package, um, to a great response, as you'd expect from the crowd. In his full gear, Chris Charlton said that he wasn't too sure if he was going to come out in his full gear because he's no longer an active wrestler, but he was convinced into doing that. So Liger came out in his full gear. Um, all the roster comes out, well, the faces on the roster. You have Tanahashi handing Liger flowers. Um, they then make their way to the side of the ring. Um, we have Chaos out there. Okada gives flowers to Liger, um, we had a great moment where they're all stood there taking a picture in the ring um, for the photographers, all of chaos with Liger, Osprey, bless him, he's not in the picture, and then someone goes to him, the typical dopey Osprey, someone goes to him, come on Will, get in the picture, and he goes, oh, you want me, you want me, so he, he gets into the picture, that made me chuckle, and... Um, you had a great moment where Okada whips out his phone and they all get in a selfie for Liger. That brought a great response from the crowd. It was just the, the faces on everyone's, on all the wrestlers, the looks on all the wrestlers' faces that made you realise just how big this was. I mean, you had Juice Robinson on his way out. He turned around to Finley and you could just hear him say, wow, do you know what I mean? We're here for this. And it just really sunk home what a big moment we were all witnessing. Um, you had... May, he was out, the owner of New Japan, um, Liger's wife, um, his son, they're out crying. And then this is when I think it got everyone. The cameras pan to Tanahashi and he is in absolute bits, crying his eyes out. Almost set me off. Um, but yeah, Tanahashi crying his eyes out. It was just... It, I can't, words can't do it justice. It was just... 
when you look at how other promotions handle retirement from legendary wrestlers, this, this is how, it should be the blueprint for how you, I criticised the matches that they had him in over, but this ceremony, I mean, the one that comes to mind was the retirement ceremony for Ric Flair on Raw, that was probably the best that WWE have done, that springs to mind, but this ceremony was just it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. We had an Antonio Noki on the screen giving a message um, to Liger. Fortunately, I don't speak Japanese and we had no translation, so I can't really talk about what we um, got there. But we had his mother. Liger talks about his mother being uh, live at Wrestle Kingdom, live here tonight. Um, she's suffering from a serious illness, but she was able to be there for his final match and his final appearance as Jushin Thunder Liger. So that that was just it, just brilliant. You had Chris Charlton. Chris Charlton's trying to uh, translate um, what Liger's saying, and he's just stumbling over his words because he's trying to hold back the tears. Um, it just sunk everything home. Um, the final moment of this incredible segment was Liger tries to leave the ring. Okada basically insisting him getting back in the ring. Everyone gets back in the ring, and they hoist Liger up in the air, like you do for... I think Jose Mourinho was one of the last people I saw this happen to. Um, but he's just getting hoisted up and down um, in the ring. It was just great. And it ends with everyone in the ring singing Liger's theme tune. You've got Gino on commentary. He's doing his best, bless him. Everyone in the building stood up singing it was just amazing, just an amazing, amazing segment, if you don't watch anything else from the show, make sure you go and watch this, this was the one thing throughout Wrestle Kingdom weekend that I just thought, wow, I would have loved to have been live in the building for this, um, Kevin Kelly gives a great statement um, after this segment where he says that if you were wondering, which I was, why Liger open night one, open night two, and open New Year's dash, it was because he didn't see himself as one of the biggest stories on the show. He wanted to open up and then move on so they could concentrate on the now and the happenings of now. So that was a nice little touch that wrapped up the segment. That's it. The career of Jushin Thunder Liger is over. Um, I'm sure we've all got memories. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Liger's career is over. I think the last match I saw Liger in, obviously I saw him at MSG, um, but I think the last singles match, I think I saw him at um, an independent show in the UK against Kyle Fletcher. Um, but yeah, Liger, just what an incredible career he's had. And it's over, so that, that, there's not much more you can say. Just go and watch this segment. When we look back at the end of the year, this is one of the great segments in wrestling. So yeah, so that's it. So we move on now to the wrestling um, and we open up with an absolutely incredible match, and I did not see this coming. Um, the typical aeroplane flying over my house. Um, we open up with the LA Dojo versus the New Japan Dojo, who had Toa Hanari on their team. But this, this was great. Um, they really let him go out here. I think they went 12, 13 minutes. The striking... Um, the strikes were so hard, they were fast, just great work from everyone involved in this. The intensity, the intensity was fantastic. I mean, Alex Coglin, he's impressed me in some of the matches that I've watched him in, but he was outstanding in this match. Um, Fredericks always seems to impress. Clark Connors, who was also in Lance Storm's um, academy. Um, they were, all three of these guys are going to be big, big time players. They were they're great wrestlers, great wrestlers. Um, 
But yeah, just a great match. You've got to go and watch this. It's much better than it had any right to be. Um, the finish comes when Ryan Fredericks um, hits an amazing like sort of knee bar, Texas Cloverleaf, whatever it is, um, for the pin. And it was just, well, for the submission. It was just great. Great stuff. Go and watch this match. I went four stars on this. That's how good it was. Brilliant match. Just go and check it out. Um, the second match was Show and Yo versus The Bullet Club versus Desperado and Kanemaru versus Bushi and Hiromu. Um, a non-title match. Um, obviously, Show and Yo won the belts last night um, from Ishii, Mori, um, and the... Oh, flipping neck. Sorry, a bit, a bit side there. From um, Ishii, Maury and the Bullet Club. Um, so yeah, that was last night. But this match, this match was it was a fine match, but it ends with Sho and Yo um getting beat by Desperado and Kanemaru. So we're looking for another Sho and Yo, Desperado and Kanemaru. We've seen it. I feel like we saw this lulled in the summer of last year. I feel like we've seen it before that song. Not not really too interested in seeing that. Um, the third match on the show was G.O.D., Farley and Chase Owens versus Ibushi, Tanahashi and Finn Juice. We got Ibushi getting the pin clean on Chase. He needed that after his two defeats at the Dome this weekend. No surprise. But what was the surprise was a lot of people, including myself, we complain about the New Japan Tag Division. And it looks as though we are getting Ibushi and Tanahashi as a team inserted into the tag division. Great stuff there. I'm really happy about that. And they challenged um, David Finley and Juice Robinson for a tag team title match later down the line. Great stuff. Can't like, wait for that. Um, next, we had Ishii and Goto versus Shingo and Evil. And I think you could really tell here that Ishii and Shingo... They were keen on showing everyone why they should have had singles matches at the Dome this year. Even Evil, Evil was working his ass off on this. This, for me, I put this up on our social media. This, for me, outside the three big matches at the Tokyo Dome, um, this was the best one of the lot. The best one of all the undercard matches. It topped them all. A great, great tag team match. Gone four stars again on this. Go and check this match out. Great stuff. Um, the match was basically Shingo and Goto. And partnered off with each other. Ishii and Evil partnered off on each other. Um, Shingo issued a challenge to go out for the Never title after this. Um, and it also looks like we're going to get Ishii versus Evil. This is great stuff. Go and check this match out for sure. Great match. Um, next was Suzuki Gun versus Chaos. And this sort of, it was a fine match, whatever. It was okay. Um, this sort of ended... With Taichi, let's go Taichi chance echoing around the gymnasium, which was quite surprising. But he used the fingers from Isco on Okada that ended with a DQ finish. So we are going down the line of an Okada Taichi feud. Feels a little bit fresh. Um, not sure if uh, Okada will get a good match out of Taichi. So um, we're going down the route of Okada Taichi. They also then quickly had Osprey and Saber brawling. So we're going to get an Osprey Saber match, which is brilliant. Um, and then Moxley's music hits, he comes out, I thought, oh, are they going to tease Moxley, o Okada, but no, it was the Okada Suzuki, they have a great brawl that ends with Moxley hitting the Death Rider on Suzuki, um, decent match, um, main event time, I'm breezing through this, it was never meant to be a long podcast, but I want to get to the point where I'm talking about the future matches coming up, um, 
So yeah, we had Naito and Sonata versus Kenta and Jay White. Kenta comes out to crazy heat, sort of maybe backs up Danny's point about why they did what they did at the end of Wrestle Kingdom last night. Um, so yeah, if you're Danny, if you listen to this, maybe you did have a point. But I still am going by my claim that they should have had Naito end the show celebrating instead of the Kenta angle. But they didn't do that, and we should trust in Gato. Um, but yeah, so basically this was all about just setting up Naito and Kenta for later down the line. And also they set up Sonada and Jay White as Sonada got a flash pin on Jay White. Um, and then following this, Jay White proceeded to beat down Sonada. Kenta proceeded to beat down um, Naito. So yeah, they just this show, New Year's Dash, is all about set, resetting like what the Raw After Mania should be, which it never seems to be anymore, resetting and signalling your feuds for the upcoming months to get everyone hyped up for these feuds. And that, that it did, it did its job. That's what it was there for. It's got me hyped up for the up, well, for the majority of the upcoming matches and feuds over the upcoming months that we're going to see in New Japan. Um, so I'm quickly, not quickly, whatever, I'm just going to run through the matches for you that they set up that are going to be built for um, that we're going to see in the upcoming months in New Japan. Um, and it's quite an, inc- an impressive list. We've got Naito versus Kenta that was set up. That's going to be a double championship match. We've got Sonada versus Jay White. Might not be the match that I particularly want to see, um, but at least it's a little bit fresh. I'm sick of seeing Jay White um, face off against the likes of Go-O. Sonada seems to be having matches with Okada forever. So Sonada versus Jay White, let's see what they can do. Um, we also have Okada versus Taichi that was set up. I was uh, left asking the question after Wrestle Kingdom, where does Okada go from here? And it seems like he's going to go into a feud with Taichi. Um, this should help Taichi. Um, just giving him something to do, really. And I, I think I think people might be pleasantly surprised that we might get a good Okada-Taichi match. Osprey Zack Saber, that is going to be a great match. I'm all for seeing this. We, were, I was talking to one of my friends, and they were saying that it'd be nice to see Osprey against Saber a bit more in Japan. We got a great match in the G1 between the two, but I would like to see a fully blown feud between the two. Obviously, um, if Osprey is trans, well, transforming into a heavyweight now, Saber is one of the first stops. I'd like to see him go. Um, so yeah, Osprey versus Saber will be great. Um, Moxley versus Suzuki. Now, I'm not sure if we're going to see this in the upcoming months. I'd say maybe we might get it at Sakura Genesis um, at the end of March. But a part of me thinks they might save this for Dominion. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. But I don't expect it to be at the New Beginning Tours at the end of January. Well, start of February, I think those shows are. Maybe I'll be proved wrong, but I'd hope to be proved wrong. But I think they might wait a little bit longer for those. Um, Goto versus Shingo, never open weight. That's another match I expect to be announced um, on the upcoming New Beginning tours. That'll be that'll be a great match. They had a good match in the G1. Um, Shingo tonight was fantastic. Um, so yeah, that is going to be. I'd like to see Shingo win that never open weight belt and just have like a year long run with the belt. He can have great singles matches, main event in the B shows. Um, so yeah, give Shingo a run with the belt and just have him have some great feuds. Hopefully, one with Ishii down the line. But that is not for now because they've built for yet another Ishii versus Evil match. This seems to be one of New Japan's sort of go-to feuds. Um, sort of like, I don't know, off the top of my head, like a Naito Taichi. 
um, a go OJ White feed there. Some of the matches that we saw throughout 2019. Ishii Evil was one of them. I think we saw it at the big show in May last year. I seem to remember doing a podcast with Danny talking about that match. They have good matches, um, but I'd like... I'm a fan of Evil. I much prefer him to Sonada. Obviously, I love Ishii because he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. But I would like to see maybe... Um, do you know what I mean? The two face different opponents. But it, this is just sort of a filler feud um, before hopefully we get some big Ishii matches later down the line. And maybe some big evil matches. They both had great G1s. Evil was great in this year's G1. Check out his match with Ibushi if you've not seen that. That was one of my favourite matches from the G1. Um, but yeah, they both had great G1s last year. Both had great 2019s. So I'm, I'm complaining about it, but they're going to go out and have a good match. So that's the main thing. Now... The tag division, as I alluded to earlier, the tag division is one of those things in New Japan that often receives criticism, um, but it looks like they may be going for it. Ibushi and Tanahashi look to have been inserted into the tag division. Great. Give them something to do. It's something fresh. It'll do wonders for Juice Robinson and um, David Finlay to be working with the likes of Ibushi and Tanahashi um, on these tours, so yeah, Ibushi Tanahashi versus Finn Juice for the tag titles, that's a match that's going to get me invested in the tag team titles for the first time in a long time, it feels like all we got last year was G.O.D. versus everyone, I mean, I, I don't dislike G.O.D. as much as everyone else, but something fresh, something exciting to get our teeth into heading into the new year, um, on the junior side of things, Sho and Yo versus Desperado and Kanemaru, don't really care about, they'll have decent matches, um, but that's a feud we've seen um, time and time again. So just quickly to go over those, the feuds that they set up on New Year's Dash, Night Okenta, Sonada White, Okada versus Taichi, Osprey versus Sabre, Moxley versus Suzuki, Goto versus Shingo, Ishii versus Evil, Finn Juice versus Ibushi and Tanahashi for the heavyweight tags, Sho and Yo versus Desperado and Kanemaru for the junior tags. Um... So that, that leaves a few people without stuff going on. Um, Hiromu doesn't seem to have anything going on. Lance Archer doesn't seem to be, have anything going on. I'm sure I'm missing a few others. But those are some great feuds and some great, great matches to be taking us into 2020. The show did its job. It reset everything. And we've got some excitement moving forward. Oh, out of breath after that. I just got into the routine of doing uh, a few double shows linked up with someone like Danny, but I'm back doing a solo show, but yeah, so that was New Year's Dash, it was a really good show, really good show, I enjoyed it more than last year's show, um, but yeah, really good show, it was, let's face it, the best thing on the show was the Joshin Thunder Liger retirement segment, um, but we had some really good matches on the show, the LA Dojo versus the New Japan Dojo, um, Goto and Ishii versus Shingo, um, an evil, great match, so go and check out those two matches, check out the Liger um, retirement ceremony, great stuff, um, and that that's it, Wrestle Kingdom weekend, it's done and dusted, that's it for another year um, of Wrestle Kingdom, um, but I always say the first six months of the year are really exciting times for New Japan, um, and that's going to be stretched out to nine months this year because the G1 is going to be in October instead of the summer due to the Olympics. They've promised some big announcement in terms of shows um, coming up in the upcoming days. Hopefully we'll get an announcement of a US show, a UK show, and maybe whether or not we're going to get another two-day Wrestle Kingdom show next year. 
But yeah, that was New Year's Dash. Um, as I say, thanks to all our new subscribers. Thanks to everyone who checked out our Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, Night 2, and now our New Year's Dash review shows. I mean, we've given you almost two and a half hours of audio um, for the Wrestle Kingdom weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed doing that audio. I enjoyed the majority of the shows, believe it or not. But um, yeah, so go and, if you're not already checked out, go and check out Night 1. Go and check out Night 2's podcast. Um Obviously, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Going to try and work on that a bit more in 2020. I did concentrate last year on basically getting as many subscribers to our audio platform. So thanks to everyone who does that. I really appreciate all the listens that we get, all the retweets you guys give us and all the support you give us on social media. But now this year, I want to try and boost our YouTube numbers. Numbers? Numbers? Sorry. Um, Boost our YouTube numbers. So... Subscribe, share the shows. I hope you're enjoying it. I plan on doing a lot more shows this year. I think we had about 95 shows last year, so hopefully we'll be doing lots of lot to be excited about this year. We've got the Impact Wrestling pay-per-view coming up this weekend. Um, Royal Rumble season is upon us. We'll be doing plenty of podcasts for that. As you know, I do the WWE versus AEW weekly podcast talking about Dynamite versus NXT, talking about all the news from the Wednesday Night Wars. If you haven't heard that, check us out. Subscribe to that on Apple Podcasts. Just search WWE versus AEW. The show is also on the neutral wrestling feeds. Um, But yeah, exciting times to come. As we've said, myself and Danny are heading over to Tampa for WrestleMania weekend. Um, some the list of independent shows for that weekend are crazy um, and obviously we'll have to watch Wrestlemania while we're there but nonetheless it's a nice little 8-9 day holiday for Wrestlemania so that's it, Wrestle Kingdom 2020, the first Wrestle Kingdom weekend of the decade is in the books, I've just got to say thank you to everyone who's listened to our shows thanks to Danny for doing the podcast with me and we will see you on Friday for the WWE versus AEW podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later.